Guaranteed not to win for that popular vote. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Hi guys, I'm Dre Harrison, and welcome to episode 277 of Motorsport 101. Did you see how forced that political joke was at the top of the show there? That's that good old M101 intro humor right there. Um, you're all welcome. Um, <laughs> welcome to the what we call the Spicy San Marino episode here, where we talk about another Emilia Romagna Grand Prix, only this time on four wheels rather than two. With me as always, RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. Uh, glad to have contributed to, uh, to the electoral process. I believe we're now on week 47 of counting additional votes, uh, yeah. towards the United States presidential campaign and also down ballot votes within your state and local governments. Um, apparently a, a, a warden pipe may have burst in RJ's house. Um, and yeah, he might, he might have dropped one uh, in the middle of counting. So he had to start all over. It's, oh, it's a problem. It, we, we've all, all been there. Again. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like one of those contests in a raffle where you've got to guess how many sweets are in the jar. It, we'll it, never it's, get it's... to the M101 awards at this rate. Yeah, they're due sometime in February 2023, the way it's going right now. But maybe we'll stretch it in a fit in sometime around the Olympic Games. Uh, and with me again, a Knott's watch party. Sweet! We, we, we might finally get a time to watch a movie or two. Anyway, <laughs> all right, King is also here. Hello, sir. Yeah, I'm just here to announce that uh, due to certain irregularities... The M101 Awards will no longer be selecting mail-in ballots. If you want to vote in the M101 Awards, you'll have to travel to my address in New York City to cast your vote in person. I'm sorry. Great. So we, we, we're going to reduce like the M101 Awards to like two ballots, maybe. Like, like, like. Because RG seems like the sort of guy that would drive up to New York just to put a ballot through the letterbox. But um. <laughs> I think that kind of counts me out, given that the UK, as of the time of recording, is in day one of its second national lockdown. Second and, lockdown! Uh, oh, oh, man. What, lockdown what, what, I, I thought we were going to get a Heathrow JFK airbridge. <laughs> Amazingly <laughs> not. Um, in, instead, I am basically not allowed to leave my house for the next month. Oh, Good news man. for content, so- Good news for content creation, bad news for my mental health. Um, but uh, yeah, Same. this is day one. It's day one of a national lockdown two over here in the UK. So that kind of rules out me flying to New York to cast a ballot. I will nominate Jason uh, Jason Turkey, uh, aka the Shuckle, to be my stand-in vote in the case of an absentee. I'm pretty sure you can fly out of Poland. Maybe. <laughs> I was about um, to say, like, wasn't wasn't this never supposed to happen again? And wasn't like the first lockdown supposed to be settled by the middle of summer? Not to get too political on this show. But oh. um oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> King's reaction just said that all right there. We never we never talk politics on this show. Um yeah. Long story short, our mop head in charge was insistent for many months that we would never need a second national lockdown, but uh that's what 25,000 new cases a day and nearly 500 deaths does in the United Kingdom due to bringing us out of the first one too early, reopening most of the country far too quickly, and a lot of people just, just, just basically think it's all just a hoax and, you know, there's no way this is actually real. And, you know, I have to tell 10 people a day in my bookies to wear a mask. 
It's, I, uh, uh, as a United right. States citizen, uh, and I'm sure King can uh, co-sign on this one, relatable. Yeah, very. Too fucking relatable. Very. You so, are not, what are we talking you, about today? We are talking about Imola. And, you know, the the first race at Imola for quite a long time. I think it's, it's been 14 years since the it's last one in 2006. Um, and, yeah, the the, the uh, Grand, Grand Premio della Media Romagna. Um, or, as Argent says in brackets, it's just spicy San Marino. Um, <laughs> it's Arrabbiata San Marino. It's San Marino Arrabbiata. Oh, of course. Um, this it, 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 is like trying to make a carbonara. It's like you just like you, like everyone puts cream in it when we all know it hasn't really got cream in it. It's just, like, this is this is just how we look at Formula One and Imola these days. So we'll be talking all about that Grand Prix. Uh, Lewis Hamilton matching Jeff Gordon's career win count. Fun times and how we actually got there, which was like like, like maybe three four percent more dramatic than usual for Lewis Hamilton. The way this season's played out, there was a, there was some mild intrigue in the middle of the race. That 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 was fun. We'll talk about how various cars picked up other parts of other cars over the course of the race. Sorry, Valtteri, uh, bad luck um, when that's concerned. Um, and a couple of dramatic shit shows that came in towards the end of that race. We'll also break down some of the news. We've also got uh, a, a load of reshuffles in uh, Formula E, some IndyCar City season talk once again, um, and a, a, a big developing story in MotoGP that, uh, oh, look, Valentino Rossi still has the Rona by the sounds of it. So uh, that's not good. That's not good. And uh, we might actually have a very American replacement, but not the one you're thinking of. Um and yeah, uh, constructors' punishments. Not great. All of that and much more on the next 45 minutes to an hour or so. But in the meantime, here's the places you can find us. We are on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. Hit the bell and subscribe if you haven't already, if you're watching us on there. If you're listening to us on audio, you can subscribe over there for video highlights and full episodes of the show as they are being made and produced. Look, I'm off work for the next month, and there's a good chance you'll be getting some video highlights now. That's a plus. I ain't got much else to do in here besides play my Switch. Um, in the meantime, we're also on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. Our personal handles are on the screen right now in the description down below. Um, and if you want to subscribe to us, if you're listening to audio, we're at, at Mo- Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King. Shout out to Cam, sadly not here. He had to go off to work last minute. Been there, relatable. Uh, at cbuckley917, you can follow him on there as well. Again, his link is also in the description. He's normally with us, sadly, only three of us this time round. But like I said, triple distilled for extra taste. Um, uh, we're also on Instagram. Definitely not Motors- moonshine. <laughs> Definitely not moonshine. Um, we're on Instagram at motorsport101pod. We've actually put our first little video highlights in there. The inside scoop on uh, King taking food deliveries. There's not an Uber Eats coming anytime soon, is there, King, in the next hour? Just thought I'd, uh, you know, clarify for the people at home. Is, is, is that happening? No? No. You sure? 100% sure. Nothing weird ever happens to me on the middle of these podcasts. <laughs> I know! I know! It's, it's it's a bummer. When am um, I going to be handed a sandwich out of thin air while in recording? 
I know, it's just, just don't, none of the fun stuff happens to us on this show. Um, but yeah, absolutely right. Um, again, like all, again, we'll have more highlights up there as well and little bits of the show and whatnot on our on our Instagram, Motorsport101 Pod. You can follow us on there. Um, as well as the fact that if you really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Motorsport101. Fathers gets you early access to all the audio versions of all our shows. You can upgrade to the gold standard video version for 10 10 bucks, and it gives you access to the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded. Big audience as ever. Shout out to Zoe, Sasha, Jason, uh, Vince, and Tony. Thanks for joining us. Um, also, Jason wanted me to mention, and he is absolutely right for me to mention this. The award nominee process for the Motorsport 101 Awards is now live. So if you haven't already, um, go follow uh, Jason underscore Poland underscore 86 I believe his Twitter handle is I've gotten that wrong I think I got that right yes. um, follow him on Twitter um, yeah I got it right thanks Jason appreciate that um, I, don't, I didn't botch it for once great um, you could follow him on Twitter and you could tweet him the nominees the awards list is in full there Jason will, will put together the best of the nominations and then we will decide who wins the awards Probably around Christmas time. I mean, this season is going pretty long, and the way we co- the way we we uh, count votes and ballots, we probably won't get around to it till February. But hey, it's worth a shot. Um, February so, yeah. of which year? Um. Anyway, um, <laughs> so so tweet Jason in the meantime, send him your nominees for all those awards. As I said, Jason will get the ballots in, send them to us, and then we'll do the Motorsport One Awards. Probably around Christmas time as a Christmas special because who doesn't love a good Christmas special anyway? Um, I might even break out the suit for this occasion because hey, we're a video medium now and I can actually do that. Great. Um, as mentioned, to tweet Jason all about that. I'll also set the details up on motorsport101.com, the website as well. So check that out if you haven't already. So without further ado, let's get into the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. It's been 14 years, but Formula 1 returned to the Autodromo Enzo di Dino Ferrari, better known simply as Imola, this past weekend. With just one day for practice and qualifying, Valtteri Bottas qualified on pole position and led the field early on from the start of the race. From second on the grid, Lewis Hamilton worked a long first stint to try and overcut Bottas and the Red Bull of Max Verstappen. A safety car for Esteban Ocon's broken-down Renault brought out a virtual safety car, giving Hamilton the opportunity to make a trouble-free pit stop and retain the lead of the race. Bottas, meanwhile, was struggling to remain second of a massive chunk of Sebastian Vettel's car lodged in his floor. Verstappen was able to get past, but with 13 laps to go, the Red Bull suffered a catastrophic tyre failure and ended up beached in the gravel at the Villeneuve chicane. Once we'd all picked our jaws up off the floor after George Russell spun and crashed under the safety car from 10th, the race George! Re- George! The race resumed and Hamilton had the rest of the race in hand, his 93rd career victory ahead of Bottas in second, the 1-2 finish clinching Mercedes-AMG Formula 1 team's 7th consecutive World Constructors' Championship. Daniel Ricciardo did it again, a second podium for Renault in third, and Daniel Kvyat finished the season-best fourth for Toro Rosso slash AlphaTauri. AlphaTauri. Yeah. (laughs) I had to correct myself very quickly there. Picking up the pieces after a water leak knocked the strong Pierre Gasly out just eight laps in. 
Both Alpha Romeos of Kimi Raikkonen, meanwhile, had a sure podium in the back. Sorry, both Alpha Romeos of Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi celebrated one-year extensions for 2021 by going from the back of the grid into the points. Sergio Perez, meanwhile, had a sure podium in the bag, but the decision to pit for fresh tyres under the safety car cost him valuable track position on a circuit where passing was at such a premium, it may as well have been a $30 Premier Access rental on Disney+. Plus. I'm feeling a strong four to a light five on this one. Transition! So... It, uh, this was a... Is it fair to say, fellas, that this race was pretty much exactly what we thought it was going to be going in? Oh, yeah! Yeah, it yep. met all of our expectations in terms of how festive the racing wasn't going to be. <laughs> I like Imola. I think it gets a bad rap sometimes because of one very bad moment in its history. Bad weekend. It's very picturesque. It's very challenging. Watching cars do hot laps around this track is just wonderful. And I will say that the changes that they've made in the track since the last time we've been there definitely make the racing better. But among tracks where, you know... Not really excited to watch these cars race because there's not really any wheel-to-wheel competition. This was among one of the weaker tracks for that kind of stuff. Track's still too narrow. We all know the issues with the cars and the fact they can't really follow. They're probably too fast for the antiquated circuit to race on today. And this is with the entire front straight opened up for the first time. Obviously because we used to have the chicane in there. I thought they were going to keep that. Turns out I was corrected on Twitter. Apparently that's only for bikes now because the most prolific series that races at Imola now that's not Formula 1 is probably World Superbikes. Um, mm-hmm. Where they keep that final chicane in play. Um... And they obviously they got rid of that for their race, and that obviously that was pretty much the only opportunity you could pass someone, unless you had um, completely scorched tires, like happened to what happened to poor Kevin Magnuson when he was running yeah. long in the Haas, and he was swarmed by the excitable Twitch gang. Um, yeah, yeah, Magnuson. By the way, uh, just to jump into our hot talking points, he had a gearbox problem that. It was so rough that he described every upshift as like being kicked in the head repeatedly. Oh. And he and he was going to try and stay out there. But <laughs> Haas were going to try and keep him out there. For what? It was only his race engineer that was like, Kevin, do you seriously want to retire the car? And like Haas was determined to keep him out. But like, Jesus. Um, ugh, that was... That sounded horrible. That, that was like being hit with like concussions all at once. Poor fella. Um, he eventually did box the car in the end, and, and he had a rough day. He'd already been clattered into the side by Sebastian Vettel on the opening lap. Uh, as it is, he broke off a part of his end plate, which is a quite a terrifying prospect when breaking off a part of your end plate might have actually made the car faster. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There was there was also that point in the race where Ferrari um, Ferrari screwed up Vettel's strategy again. Oh no! Like there's not this clip of me on Instagram chucking my Ferrari shirt out of my bedroom window by any chance. No, not in a million years. I wasn't upset about a 13 second Vettel pit stop at all. God, you know what's wild? <sighs> that pit stop was still slower than the one where Lance Stroll accidentally knocked his Jackman up on his ass. <laughs> It was a second faster. I was just like, come on! 
<laughs> because Ferrari had not one but two wheel guns not work. Like, I think it was the front left and the rear right. It was just like, come on! Two, Dude, two... this was a day for, like, co-hosts and former co-hosts of the podcast to throw t-shirts out the window. Yeah, Because really our man Adam Johnson was going through a time when George Russell crashed out of 10th. And to be fair, like, when we saw it at first, we thought the car, something on the car must have broke. Because right. we're thinking... There's no way he just drops it on his own at that speed. It's... But then he apologized for dropping it on his own at that speed. Dropped it on his own, cold tires, lost it, put it into the wall right before the Aquaminerale, and yeah. it was it was like hacking them at Monza in '99 all over again. Or it's just he's just he's Man. just pulled off off the track in tears, slumped against the corner. It's like he's 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 telling the marshals to piss off and fine. I'm fine, okay? I don't blame him. Um, I don't blame him. Bless him. The man actually wrote a full letter of apology to the team after that. Um, he's a good boy, George Russell. Um, he's, yeah. He's, he's a good lad. That was just very silly. That That's the kind of mistake that we would would hammer Romain Grosjean on for 10 consecutive days yeah. on social media for. It doesn't help... And then, <laughs> sorry to cut you, RJ, but it doesn't help when Marcus Ericsson literally tweeted... Ah, oops, there it goes again. When, uh, at the same time that Russell put it in the wall, there's a reference to the time where Grosjean put it in the wall in Baku, and his engineer said, oh, Ericsson hits us. <laughs> like, I was oh, just like, I love old, I love a good classic F1 meme. Oh, so like, Marcus Ericsson knew exactly, this is the moment I've been waiting for, right here. Um, he was waiting for that, the jammy sod, but yeah, God. Yeah. It, it was genuinely, though, quite nice to see that, um, like, Romain Grosjean and Lewis Hamilton had reached out on Instagram just to say, chin up, kid, you're driving really, really well, don't worry yeah. about it. Like, I know this sport has a, like, like a lot of other professional sports have this real knack of hardcore competitiveness, but there seems to be a mm. lot of also genuine empathy and, and care amongst the, the the grid this year, which is a little bit refreshing to see, if I yeah. if I if I do say so myself. Um, Jeez, I'll I'll take that over like a lot of the really really exhausting narratives registered trademark that pop up every single weekend. Like it was another bad race for Alex Albon. Dude dropped it on his own after the safety car. Uh... I, I, nobody wants to see this. Oh, I just... I feel... Nobody wants to see this. Nobody wants to see Lance Stroll accidentally knock over Picker Guy. And, um, also, the very terrifying thing where they're sending cars out at full speed. Lance Stroll's among them while there's still marshals on the track. Michael Massey's got a lot to answer for this season as a race director. We already had the... the the talk of Charles Leclerc and the undone seatbelt uh, at Catalonia. Allegedly, Daniil Kvyat reported his seatbelt was loose in Portimao and nobody addressed that either um, on the radio. I can't believe that there was... There, you, I would guess that there's just like there was no need to put something in the rules, King, because like they would just assume, surely there's no way somebody would drive with their seatbelts undone entirely, let alone loose. I mean, it is in the rules, but, like... There's no punishment for him. Yeah, because, like, it's generally, you know, seen that, like, something that, you know, you get disqualified for. 
Yeah, and for those of us that didn't see it, it was a clip that went viral on the internet the day after the race, where basically, during the safety car period and Russell had put it in the wall, there was Marshall still cleaning the track, obviously where Russell had hit the wall, while this is also while the lapped cars were told they could unlap themselves behind the safety car, mm-hmm. so obviously they're going around at full racing, near near, near enough full racing yeah, speed. They're not so, like it's still considered double yellow conditions, meaning that they're not supposed to be going full racing speed. Yeah, but real talk, they probably are going near full racing. We tried to catch the back of the pack up again, and there were still marshals yeah. on track cleaning the car as Stroll goes past at at least 120 miles an hour. Um, yeah, the drivers have got to take some level of accountability for that one because, look, it's a double-waved zone, as King alluded to, and as I've mentioned this many a time on this show, double-waved yellows mean slow down and be prepared to stop. And, and yeah, like, the drivers should not be going through there at that sort of speed. But it is also probably a wise idea to tell people not to unlap themselves when they're still marshals on track cleaning the damn thing. Um, so there's a level of accountability on both sides as far as I'm concerned. But that was extremely friggin' dangerous. Like, like my heart was in my oh. mouth watching the clips. I was just like, oh. Yeah, that looked bad. That, that did look bad. It was it was not a good look. Also, I know you you alluded to it, RJ, but like on a scale of one to to a hundred, how boned is Alex Albon? It's it's getting higher and higher, and I worry that like this amazing rookie class of twenty nineteen, because George Russell's struggling to pick up points. Lando's doing fine. It's Alex Albon that I'm worried about, and until. Just this past weekend, when Alfa Romeo signed, re-signed Antonio Giovinazzi, mm. who was said to be done, yeah, like we're running the risk of like this rookie class's potential being completely squandered. Yeah, be it circumstances of their own making and some that are not of their own making, and that sucks. I'm starting to get the impression that this was way too much too soon for Alex Albon. And, oh, I agree. And, and the problem is now, where are you going to put him? Because Yuki Tsunoda just did his first test with AlphaTauri. Uh, he's done the mileage to get a super license. Uh, Helmut Marco said that Daniel Kvyat is done. Pretty much. Even if he would have won this race. He's done. Let alone finish fourth. He's pretty much done. Um, and... Five and four isn't going to go among the two Red Balloon teams because we got Max in the books, we got Pierre on the books at Alphatari. Um Red Bull might break protocol to kick out Xander Albon off the curve, and that just leaves one seat for either Albon or Kvyat or Sunoda. And my guess is probably going to be Sunoda. They wouldn't be giving Sunoda that sort of track time if they weren't seriously keen on him racing in that team next year, as far as I'm concerned. Um, And all fairness to Yuki Tsunoda, he absolutely deserves an F1 drive with the way he's performed in F3 and F2 the last two seasons. Well, I I don't know. Like, if, you know, the Ferrari Driver Academy is anything to go by, it seems like (laughs) a lot more people are going to be returning to F2 than than everyone initially thought. You, you mean we're not getting 16 graduates next year, King? I mean, uh, <laughs> like, where are you going to put them all? That's the problem. Yeah, and with all of the rumors rife that it's going to be Mazepin and Schumacher at Haas next year, and 
yeah, like Schwartzman and I look, I look probably won't be in Formula Two next year. Schwartzman's probably going to stick around for another year, and and there it looks like like as RJ alluded to, it's probably going to be either Albon or Sonoda for the for the other AlphaTauri seat, and I'm not holding out hope on Albon. And if he doesn't get that, he's done. Like like there's. There's no other seats on the grid now because Williams reconfirmed for the second time under new management that yeah. Russell and Latifi are staying. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that was that was like a whole controversy for a hot minute. Yeah, we might we might bring in Checker because they need money, and Williams is like, no, no, everybody, calm down. We're keeping Russell yeah, and Latifi here. Um, yeah. The the internet can breathe a sigh of relief. Um, um, but oh, it's. I, I don't envy Albon. I mean, it's I mean Red Bull seemingly is giving the kid every possible chance. I mean, Marco's already backtracked on some of his bolder claims earlier in the year that oh Albon's going to finish top seven every race to keep his seat. Now he's saying oh you know we'll give him all the way till yeah. the end of the season um, to see what the deal yeah. is. Now, basically, just recently they come out and said we're going to do everything we can to build his confidence up by the next round, which is of course. At Istanbul, not Constantinople Park in Turkey. Well, maybe a blank canvas race where neither him or his teammates raced around before might actually do him some good. Who knows? But um, yeah, it. I'm not holding out much hope here. A spin out from what would have been a top six finish is not a good look. I no. would know. It, <laughs> yeah, that's that wasn't good. You know what else wasn't good? Sergio Perez oh. being pitted with a podium in the bag. Although I will say, this did lead to us debating whether or not Cyril had to get another tattoo. <laughs> now he doesn't have to get another tattoo, but that would have been cool to see. It's like Daniel Ricciardo all of a sudden hits a great patch of form and racks up consecutive podiums over the year, and Cyril Abitable's body is just inked the fuck up. I was like, does he have to get a full sleeve if Daniel wins one between now and the end of the year? Because I, I, I'd pay good <laughs> money. I, I might chip in for the GoFundMe to make that happen. I just want a one of those tattoos has to be like from that jackass skit where they had a, a tattoo on like dune buggies. <laughs> oh yeah, scene from Jackass the movie. <laughs> oh no, no, they, oh, that, I, I remember that. It was it was meant to be like the Stevo face, and it's just like no. Ah, oh, geez, it's a smiley face, but it's wrong. Oh man, <laughs> King. There was one other thing that I forgot to put on the set list. And that is that Lewis Hamilton, uh, in his post-race prep conference, basically said, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to be here next year because his contract's still technically up in the air. Uh, What do we make of that? Uh, A lot of nothing? Bluster? Hot air? Anything's possible. Like, I'm just straight up, anything's possible. You can't even make a prediction, like, unless... You, unless you're, like, slipping in Lewis's DMs and he's actually replying, you have no idea what he's going to do. Look, I, I, I hate to agree with King, but he's probably right on this one in that, like, it is so up in the air. Like, Hamilton's, like, the one dude in the field that really, really doesn't need F1 anymore. Like, he could retire tomorrow, and there's every case in the world he's the GOAT. And his legacy is pretty much complete. He yeah. will win his seventh title in just a matter of a race or two. Yeah. That's and, a given. And we all like, know. Shit. Yeah. My man my man could go full time into music. Yeah. Or or fashion for all we know. The man's got a got a Tommy Hilfiger partnership. He's got a big he's got a big partnership with Puma. Like 
he, he dropped some bars on that Christina Aguilera track. And like, just because some raunchy bars. And like even if he did sign a contract like sign a new contract, he could still retire. Because I'm pretty sure Nico Rosberg also recently revealed that when he retired, he had recently signed a two year deal to stay on at Mercedes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like after Nico Rosberg walking away out of that, I'm not ruling anything out. Yeah, like, Hamilton is the one guy I almost refuse to speculate over because it is such an open-ender with him. Like, he can do so much. He, he, like, he can do anything he wants. His legacy in F1 is pretty much perfect as it is. And honestly, w- why stay in F1? F1's about to do their longest ever season. 23 like, races. Like 23 races, for, including for, not Interlagos at the Bolsonaro Drone. <laughs> Like Formula oh, One, Jetta track. Like <laughs> Formula One is past the point of being like it is. It is grueling just to be a driver outside of the track. That's even before yeah. you get in the car. Why would you want to do this? That's why. That's why I'm really hoping this two day weekend format sticks around. Yeah. So I had a friend of mine who was just like, "Well, why is everybody excited to see less Formula One?" I'm like. Yo, there are going to be more races than we've ever had. If we're going to make this possible without burning out the crews, you got to cut down in your weekend formats. Also, free practice is way too many at this point. Let's be real. Yeah, you don't need three and a half hours of practice. You just, don't, you know, it's four hours of practice. Just like, yeah. Yeah. One and two is, is, 90, is 90 minutes. Yeah. Look, like... I personally don't think the two-day weekend made the race any more captivating. It's not about making the race better. It's it's never about making the race better. That's what we all thought it was on Twitter. What I was about to say was, if it, but I said a couple of weeks ago, if it makes it an easier, if, if it lightens the burden on the crews and the teams and the drivers, I'm all for it. As far as Absolutely. I'm concerned, Be- because, oh, yeah. like. Autosport leaked what they think the calendar's going to be today. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But they're talking about end of March to basically the second week in December next year. So they're going to be on the road effectively eight months, including two triple headers. Like, that is brutal. Um, And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And that's not including shit like testing or any other team obligations. Like, like mm-hmm. you're going to be on the road at least nine months a year. And Which, again, we talked about in the near future due to the new salary cap. Uh, you're probably not even going to be paid for those outside team engagements. Yeah, because they've got to give you a set salary and then it's going to be, you know, net 15 million a year on average and probably a lot less than that to get that driver cap in play. Like, there's not many drivers in the field that would command such a salary in the first place, but we all know the pay in F1, it's, uh, shall we say, varied yeah. from top like, to bottom, depending on... <laughs> if, if there was any time for the drivers to seriously have a driver's union, which they don't have, the Grand Prix Driver Association is not a union, uh, no. if, if they were to get a union, now would be the time to get one. Especially if driver salaries are on, are, are you know, on on the chopping block. And look, I'm not saying all these guys are making eight figures a year, but I'm sure a lot of them would like to make eight figures a year, and they probably would be able to if any if they had the aspirations to drive for a top team in the future. We know there's only so many top tier seats where that's that sort of salary is going to be justified, but yeah. 
you know, having a cost cap is going to be a direct stifle to that for most of the people on the grid. Um, so, yeah, I think King's absolutely right. If they wanted a union, now would be a pretty damn good time for that. Um, so Don't tell the ghost of Big Bill Francine. <laughs> <laughs> time to get time to get banned from the sport for life and fund the sport to disrepute. You, and then you brought back be- because your fav- you, because your star driver just walked away to do drag racing. Oof. Oh boy. Um, yeah. yeah what slap shoes was great content on that? It was kind of a dud. There's no getting around that. It was like I said. There was a couple of dramatic moments, as mentioned. You know, the safety car and and obviously Russell putting it in the wall. Verstappen's spectacular blowout that caused the second safety car late on. Um, and, yeah. What this know, race really proved is that hey. Monza's thrown up some clunkers recently, but it could always be less entertaining. Yeah. Italy in general in F1 this year has been a complete and utter shit show. Like, <laughs> Gasly wins Gasly wins at Monza, absolute chaos at Mugello, and major shenanigans at, at Imola as well. Like, Jesus. Italy has been a hot mess on the F1 calendar. I you, think we got time, on... you think we got time to cram in Val Lunga as an additional round? Oh, my God. It doesn't even have to be oh. part of the championship. No. Stop. <laughs> like, oh, dear. Look, yeah, this, I, I had it as a 5 out of 10 race. I think yeah. it was, it was dull for the most part apart from those big dramatic moments towards the end which wasn't you know quality quality racing it was more oh shit and then that was about it yeah Um, Yeah, pretty much feeling like like i said like i wrote strong four to a light five if i was uh doing it on the fantano scale it's a strong four to a light five Indeed. Um, F1 will be back in two weeks' time at the Ist- Istanbul. We're going back to Turkey, everybody. But um, not Constantinople. No. <laughs> um, we're going back to the car park. That should be fun. Um, look, it's a it's a better track on paper, but I'm not holding out much more hope than I was for Himmler, I guess. You know, there's a couple yeah. of longer straights, maybe. Um, Just, I don't um, know. I'm keeping an open mind. You try, you try. We shall see. But uh, yeah, let's get into the news because we've had a fair amount of it in the last week or so. Um, quickly on two wheels because we're doing one episode this week rather than rather than the usual yeah. two in this packed motorsport calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, as you may know, MotoGP has its first of two races at Valencia this weekend as we get into the business end of MotoGP season. And uh, Valentino Rossi still has the Rona. By the sounds yeah. of it. I should um, say, though, that this is a constantly evolving story because a couple mm. days ago, Valentino Rossi tested positive. They're drafting in Garrett Gerloff. Yes, World Superbike and America's own Garrett Gerloff to take his place. But according to Julian Ryder today, Rossi just tested negative today and he's on his way to Valencia. He and he still has to pass another yeah. test. He needs two negative tests in a row to be let into the paddock. So if he tests negative when he gets to Valencia, he'll be allowed in and he'll race. If he doesn't race, Garrett Gerloff will take his place. Garrett Gerloff's like, no, I insist. You can go into the pub without your mask on, Valentino. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Just give it another week. Look, there's two Valencia races we can share. Um, Yeah, there was a a lot of talk of who could take which seat. Um, Top Prack Razgatti was... 
Yeah, like Top Black, Top Black was mentioned, but for those who don't know, um, man races with a giant Red Bull helmet. I don't think um, that was ever going to work out somehow. Um, people uh, had forgotten that Top Black is backed by, directly by Red Bull in Turkey. So, uh, no, not happening. For, he's not going to ride for the Monster Energy Yamaha team somehow. Um, Jorge Lorenzo was mentioned. Jorge is a, allegedly still quite unfit. Um, yeah. In fact, there was not only there was that, a... but he's eyeing up a, tri- a ride in Aprilia. Yeah, there's talking about the sheets. The... He's keeping himself apparently open in the negotiations for an Aprilia seat next year. To which I say, Jorge, don't do that to yourself. And yeah, uh, don't yeah. don't come back out of retirement to ride for Aprilia or anyone for that matter like you know you don't have to do this but like you know what's funny like uh whew, it's 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 wild here um like Alicia Spagaro literally straight up dissed the man uh, earlier on um basically saying that you know um he's he, like quote the level that Jorge showed in Portimao is not enough to help me when he was asked about the possibility of Lorenzo as a teammate next year. Um, still said he uh, he hasn't got great test pace and he's not confident, etc., etc. Um, whew! Uh, um, which led to a lot of people angry on Twitter was like, how could Alicia Spagaro say shit about Jorge Lorenzo? To which I say, yeah, you're probably right on that one. Um, a back-to-back claiming rule teams champion of the world in Alicia Spagaro. A, a guy who has all the reputation for being a great developer and yet has not developed this pretty particularly well either. Um, it's, it's, it's not great. Um, let's just say man has a very high opinion of himself. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's a messy one. It's a, it's a messy one to, to say the least. Um, meanwhile, like I said, if it is Garrett Gerloff, good luck to him. Um, oh. There is no there is no rougher training ground than Valencia, one of the most technical, high powered circuits we go to. But there was another big bombshell that came out earlier today that uh, Yamaha was under investigation as a manufacturer for the valves they were racing with in their engine. Remember the very first two weekends at Haref? Yeah, where Yamaha all the Yamaha engines were just pop, pop, popping like firecrackers on bonfire night. That's topical too. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Turns out the valves on their bike were illegal. Um, illegal in the sense of, they have to be exactly the same as the ones they have in the control engine that they sent to the scrutineers before the season started. Because, as you know, in MotoGP, there is an engine freeze. You are not allowed to develop your engine over the course of the year unless you're a concession team. And that only applies to Aprilia now. Um, so Yamaha had to give them their engine to say, look, this is what our engine is. Apparently, they ran different valves that those first two weekends in Haref. Um, that is against the rules. Performance increase or not, and you could argue it probably wasn't given what happened to the majority of those Yamaha engines over the yeah. first two weekends, but regardless, um, that is not allowed. Um, Yamaha was deducted 50 points from their constructor standings. Wow. And in the team standings, Monster Yamaha were deducted 20 points. And the Patronus SRT team was docked 37 points from the team standings. However, as you may have pointed out, the riders' point totals have not been affected. So the riders have gotten away with it. 
um, in terms of their championship standing, but obviously it's hit them as a team. Brackets. No one yeah. really cares about the team and constructor standards unless they're doing the triple crown. Um, you know, it's it's it, it's just very conveniently brought up if it's winning, but if they're not, it just kind of goes under the rug. Um, but yeah, Yamaha were very naughty on that one, and I can't remember the last time I saw a team get docked fifty points, basically, which is the equivalent of both of Quattararo's wins. Uh, I would like to present to the court of uh, sporting and arbitration that my valves were just built different. What do you mean this isn't a defense that holds up in this court of sport and arbitration? Um, RJ, that's kind of the problem here, unfortunately. Um, they can't be built different. Um, you're not allowed to have a balanced breakfast with your valves. You know how this works. Um, but, uh, yeah, Yamaha takes a heavy slap on the wrist for their illegal valves in RF, but uh, it doesn't affect the, the Riders' championship. Johan Mir will still take that 14-point lead into Valencia this weekend. Should be a great one. Um, so do check that out this weekend if you haven't already. Oh, boy. Formula One. Um, we met, now, we, we're getting more and more talk about provisional calendars for 2021 it's been rumored now for as mentioned a couple of times on the show that it's going to be 23 races it seems the 23rd race has been revealed officially now we are having a night race in the streets of Jeddah in Saudi Arabia next November the crown jewel of Formula One Grand Prix the greatest Uh. Grand Prix Is he going to have a 40-car race rumble in it or something? Like, Jesus. Um, (laughs) God, I wish there was a 40-car entry list in a Formula 1 Grand Prix in the year of our Lord 2021. Is is Latifi going to bid it on the installation like Titus O'Neil did? Um, (laughs) But, um, of course, this this was a big B in a lot of people's bonnets because... uh, Can't imagine why. Has, you know, did Saudi Arabia do something wrong several times, repeatedly over a number of years, and then try and wallpaper it over with international sporting events? Maybe, maybe not. Um, Surely not. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's it's Amnesty International made many comments about this uh, last week, where they basically straight up accused the country of sports washing, i.e implementing a bunch of sporting events to basically cover up their pretty objectively awful human rights record in recent years. Yeah. Um, And that includes tennis, the professional wrestling, boxing, mixed martial arts, Formula Formula E a couple of years years ago, and now the big reveal that, oh yeah, Formula One is coming in 2021. Hooray. And the track Um, just looks like it's Silverstone, but a little wrong. <laughs> from what from what portions we've actually seen of this track. Yeah. Um of course the big elephant in the room here is the you know Formula 1 is going to yet another quote unquote problematic country as the internet might say. Oh, yeah. Um and there's a lot of them on the calendar already. Yeah, it's like like uh, put the back of my head. I was thinking, so this is the one that this is the straw that breaks the camel's back, huh? Like yeah. we, this we is the one it. that is easily the most talked about for for reasons right. that the Saudi government, uh, all the terrible shit that's going on there. Like we don't deny that, but yeah, man. I've said it before, like, if you were to count up all the human rights violations, all the Geneva Convention violations that are being committed by places on the Formula One calendar, we're going to have a short calendar 
it wouldn't be a calendar. Like, yeah, like pretty much. It, the difference like, it, is this one's just state sanctioned. Yeah, this one's organized by Saudi Arabia's government itself. Yeah. 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 That 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 that, that esteemed group. Um, look, this is what I've had to say on the matter. That I I. If you want to boycott this Grand Prix, by all means, like I don't blame you. I can, it's completely understandable. But do know that, you, like, you probably had no problem racing in China or racing in Bahrain or racing in Azerbaijan uh, when we've rolled around on there, and because their bad human rights stories don't get talked about as much, and and that's unfortunate. Um, I would highly recommend if you have not read it already, Hazel Southwell's tremendous piece about her time. Um, in Saudi Arabia because she highlighted a very ample point that I think not a lot of people I think have considered and that's this is bringing a massive amount of opportunity to a country a massive amount of inspiration to a, a, a country's citizens and an opportunity to get involved in motorsport that they might not have gotten if motorsport didn't choose to race there and yeah, while it obviously sucks that this, a, a awful government is organising this Grand Prix, it doesn't mean its people won't benefit from it. And, you know, there is obviously a double-edged mental conflict that comes with that. And it's it's everyone's going to draw their quote-unquote moral line differently. Um, I'd, I'd say, like, not to cut you off, but... Yeah, to cool, say cool, that it'll well, give means. a lot of people opportunity to, you know, be involved in motorsport. You could say the same thing about the Russian Federation, and oh, yeah. uh, they have, and you know, in in their brief, uh, in the opportunities that they've gotten to participate in motorsport, uh, the ones that do are ones that are, you know, directly benefit from the said problematic government. And the funding that they get to race is from the same problematic government. Right. How many people on the internet cheer for Robert Schwartzman every week? They love, I love this I, kid. I love me some Robert Schwartzman. I don't right. love me some S some S and P Bank. <laughs> right. I don't so, love you know, me some S and P Bank that much. It's, like I it's, love Guan Yu Zhou. I don't necessarily love like imprisoning Uyghur Muslims. Right. And it's look where you ultimately point your moral compass is ultimately down to you. I can't tell you that you know if you, if you, you you you're XXX or you're a hypocrite if you choose not to watch this race or not. I'm not going to be that guy to tell yeah. you that. But that's that's yeah. one of the big issues that I've had with the public reaction to not only the Saudi race but every other problematic race. This is not a black and white issue. You can't just no, say not. that it's automatically the worst thing to ever happen. There are a yeah, lot of shades I remember, of gray. I remember this entire conversation happened when Azerbaijan was about to be introduced to the calendar. That this is the worst place that F1 could possibly race at. That the track was boring and this benefits nobody. And all it took was one Bakker's race in 2017. All of a sudden we Forgotten. love going to this fucking place. Forgotten. Forgotten about. Because entertainment trumps all. Um, and... We are, we as a community, as an audience, are very picky on where to draw the line mm-hmm. from a moral standpoint. We are very selective in our criticism Ooh, yeah. of it. And yeah, you know, a lot of people pick up, you know, selective in what they criticize and what they don't. And look, 
I'm British. Where do you start with us on that one? Yeah, if you really like, want to go down that road, me and King you know. are American. Where do you start with us? And it's right. unfortunately a tale as old as time for motorsport, where uh, we could talk about how uh, you know the Grand Prix, the Grand Prix circuit decided, hey, we're gonna have a race in uh in the 1930s in uh in Libya, in in the Italian colony of Libya. Like this is not new for for Grand Prix racing, yeah. like 1950s. Right. We're racing in uh Batista's <laughs> in Batista's uh Cuba. Uh, let's let's hope that this civil war doesn't you know get started while we're doing our race here for all these American for all these American tourists here to to enjoying Havana. <laughs> yeah, we could go yeah. on and on and on with this shit. It- it's almost like politics and sports are deeply inter- intertwined, and it's very <gasps> it's impossible to separate them or something. No way, and it's not not like, even conceivable. And it's almost like our audience is incredibly selective and fickle about what to criticize, and likes to use sweeping generalizations or extremes to deal with very nuanced discussion <sighs> or something. Yeah, Make up your own Because the thing is, like, people. I think we talked about it last week with Amnesty International, they were pretty like. Obviously, they made these accu- like they made the accusation towards Saudi Arabia, but they to Formula One, they had no issue with Formula One actually racing in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Their issue was right. that like if team personnel or drivers or anyone working for Formula One is there, they shouldn't have to keep quiet. If they want to speak out about issues in Saudi Arabia, they should be allowed to. Right. And let's be honest, Formula One hasn't got a lot of outspoken characters when it comes to large-scale, worldwide issues right now. Yeah, and we just discussed that one of them could retire at the end of the season. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Oh, good. Um, Again, please don't pin this all on Lewis, for the love of Christ. Um, Because, again, I I had about half a dozen people in my mentions telling me, oh, should Hamilton boycott the race? I'm like, of course he's not going to fucking boycott the race. We know he's not going to boycott the race. Yeah. You know he's not going to boycott the race. He's going to be racing in Bahrain later this month. If he's not willing to boycott Bahrain. He's going to be racing in Istanbul in two weeks' time. (laughs) Hello? Why is Saudi Arabia the straw that's broken the camel's back here when we race like 25% of the time in dictatorships? Like, hello? One of the Um, teams is owned by one. Hello! Like, and it's one of the most popular teams in the sport right now. Like, the sport sport has got the biggest new wave of young fans coming in. I'll give you a hint. They drive in orange. You know, it's, 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 it's a problem. But, you know... It's. <laughs> I've got a tweet from Satch saying, harsh on Red Bull in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Ooh. But look, you, where you point your moral compass is ultimately down to you. I'm not going to tell you whether you should watch this Grand Prix or not. Chances are you probably will. But um, hey, enjoy the show. And if you, know, if you are going to be one of those people that doesn't like the fact we race here, use your voice. Speak out. It might do you That's some good. Right. Anywho. IndyCar real quick. Another piece of the silly season um, uh, ladder has fallen into place, or should I say puzzle at this point. And uh, we speculated a lot in this show last week about the future of the number 10 seat at Chip Ganassi Racing. Mm. We were told the 10 car was sticking around, but we had no idea who was going to fit it until late last weekend when it was announced 
at uh, a very exciting rookie who's joining in. It's Alex Palu who's going to be in the 10 car at Chip next year. Ah, I love this signing on paper. I heard Ooh. this from uh, from our girl, Jenna Fryer, at the Associated Press. <laughs> Uh, that it was a possibility and the deal was done. I like this. I like this on paper. Disclaimer for the record on Motorsport 101. Like, Jenna Fryer is not our girl, okay? That is, uh, like, I, I just want, on a personal level, no. We, like, I don't fuck with this. Um, not in, in the metaphorical sense, mind. Um, no, we're uh, not I, doing I love this. This, this, this. I love this, this signing. Uh, that's a strong team they got. That sends a given. Erickson yeah. stays another year. You got mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson, who's acclimating uh, pretty nicely, and Alex blows down the ten car. Yeah, and so I've like the the front of the front of the IndyCar field is looking very thick for next season. We got Penske with four cars full time. We got mm-hmm. Ganassi with three cars full time. The fourth car, Jimmy Johnson, just missing what four of the races that they're doing. Yeah, next it's year. like four fifths of the time. Yeah, almost, almost the entire schedule. Uh, and mm. ready, you know what they're about. They're running at least five cars, uh, <laughs> pretty much. So, so the big three is really a big three next year. I'm just yeah, hoping this goes better than the last time Ganassi signed a guy from Dale Coyne to drive the 10 car. Oh. And Jones deserved better. Yeah. He and really Alex did. Pelot deserves better. He really did. I miss when Ed Jones was in the 10 car. He was so good at Dale Coyne. Oh. Uh, then we ended up called it in the struggle in Emirati again. Mm. Sigh. Um... Big Formula E silly season news as well. There's been a lot of reshuffling going on around there. Uh, if only Cam was here, he'd probably have another dressing gown and a cigar ready to go because uh, <laughs> Rene <boy>. Rast <laughs> is his boy. His favorite Audi driver is officially <laughs> back with Audi. And so is Lucas Degrassi. Who cares? Uh, uh, oh, man. I can't wait to go back to Berlin. If ooh, if Rast is within 10 feet of a Porsche, Cam's just going to fucking lose it. <laughs> Cam, if you're watching if you're, and thinking we're mocking you right now because Rene Rast is back, in, is back in the Naudi, we are totally mocking you for Rene Rast coming <laughs> back in the Naudi. And at you because we yes, but you. I, I yes. honestly thought this deal was done already. That said, so there were I. a couple of surprises. Jake Dennis, yeah. GP3 Series, a Formula 3 race winner. He's at BMW Andretti to take Alexander Sims' place. When he, when he said, huh? I'm not coming back to Formula 3 next year. <laughs> he wasn't kidding, was yep. he? Jesus. Um, no, like, that's quite the upgrade for him. To a, a, a factory at Formula E seat. Yeah, yeah <laughs> why not? Yeah. Um, he'll be replacing Alex Sims, who's now at Mahindra. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jerome is done. Jerome D'Ambrosio Jerome. is done. But but not as we know it. Um, turns out he's now gonna be Venturi's deputy team principal, alongside, alongside Susie Wolf. Alongside Susie. Um, I was like, whoa, okay. Um, yeah. that that was a that was a bit of a, a surprise on that one that Jerome has coughed up his seat and is uh, gonna be partly yeah. running the team now. That's gonna he's be fun. retired from top flight driving. He's gonna be taking on an administrative role. Um, very. Very screwed signing. And of course, Mahindra still has a seat open. It could go to anybody. Mm, that could be fun. It also, could even go it was to Roman Or Roman yeah. Grosjean could go to IndyCar. The possibilities mm, are endless. Possibilities. Certain, 
So the possibilities are there. Certainly, I wasn't mentioning this. I just want to get this in as well real quick. Both Mercedes drivers are sticking around as well. Nick DeFries and Stoffel Van Dorn were confirmed like a few days ago as, as well. As it should so, be. As, as it, it should be. be. Good team. Good team. There's a lot of talent and on Cam, that one. Uh, excuse me. And King, I think we got one more point to get through. Yes, because... NASCAR at Martinsville. Yeah, because we talked about possibilities. Well, uh, someone <laughs> lost all the possibilities and is now mathematically eliminated. Kevin Harvick picked the wrong time to go on a three-race cold streak, and he is now eliminated from the championship four. Yes. Which will now be Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, and Denny Hamlin. Yes. You are guaranteed that at least one of the very best drivers in the regular season will advance to the championship four. Unfortunately, it's not all of them. Yes, because Kevin Harvick, despite having the most wins on the year and being the regular season points champion... Didn't get into the uh, championship race because of the format. Uh... Lol. Didn't he complain that it was skewed towards entertainment in this system? Um, And and let's be honest, he's kind of right. I mean, he was very very humble in defeat. He said that, hey, we had three weeks, they just didn't get the three weeks together, and they're not in the finals. Yeah, Look, uh, he, he somebody, was remarkably unsalty about the whole thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Somebody, I, I can't remember who it was that sarcastically remarked that like NASCAR's playoff format is supposed to give you Game 7 moments. Uh, in this case, they got him. Well, I think this was truly a Game 7 moment. Unfortunately, this is Game 7 of the Clippers vs. Nuggets series. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dre, would you like to put a bow on this one? I would like to put a bow on this one. Um, yep, enjoy MotoGP at Valencia this weekend, everybody. Places you can find us one more time, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101, facebook.com forward slash motorsport101, twitter at motorsport underscore 101, and our handles at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, and at Ryan Eric King. Follow Cam as well at cbuckley917. I'm sure he'll be back next week. Um, you can follow us on our website, motorsport101.com where, where, where all podcasts are available. Um, and if you read like us, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash motorsport101 um, We've had our most successful ever month on Patreon, so thank you to everyone that's continuing to back us. You guys are fantastic, as always. Thank you so, so much for all of that. Um, the most amount of patrons we've ever had on the podcast, um, so which is crazy. So, thank you all so much i hope you're enjoying your privileges and thank you for supporting us with your wallets it keeps it keeps the doors running um it covers all the costs of you know website maintenance and soundcloud and all the not sexy stuff that comes with running a podcast on so many platforms so thank you all so much for that as mentioned five dollars gets you all the audio shows um, as they're as they're being done, and, and in terms of early access, you can upgrade to the ten dollar tier for the video versions of those shows, as well. Um, and you get into the supporters club of our Discord server. You can listen to these shows live as they're being recorded. Again, shout out to Tony, to Vince, uh, to uh, Sasha, and to Zoe. And again, if you ha- if you haven't already, follow Jason on Twitter. It's the giant shuckle avatar. You can't miss it. Um, Jason underscore Poland underscore eighty seven. If you want to send him your Motorsport one hundred and one awards nomination. You can do that now. We'll be taking them all the way through the month of November. So please get in touch if you want to get in. Uh, want to get a word in for the awards. So do that if you haven't already. I've been Andre Harrison. They've been uh, Roger O'Connell and Ryan Eric King. We'll be back next week to talk about MotoGP 
at Valencia. Should be a cracker. Until then, thank you very much for watching and listening. Sayonara. Later, y'all. Bye. So, I've actually been drinking this entire episode. Uh, uh, <laughs> is it beet juice? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> I was wondering what was in that glass. I thought uh, it might just be like a like an apple juice or something. <laughs> King, King, what was in the fucking glass? <laughs> uh, you don't want to know. Oh, I do. Tell the people at home what was in the glass. Now we're good. <laughs> I will find out and I will put it on Twitter. You heard it here first. <laughs> I, 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 I'm telling you, it's just foot sweat. We're just we're just <laughs> celebrating Daniel Ricardo's second podium. Oh God. <laughs>